Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome to episode 305 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a really enchanting conversation with composer, singer, activist, getting ready for a performance at the Kennedy Center, the incomparable Nellie Mackay. And we talk with Nellie about her interactions as a young person, younger person, I should say, with Bob Durow and how he influenced her. We talk a bit about Walt Whitman, about being overeducated, about jazz, about her latest album, Sister Orchid, the political system, climate change, being independent-minded, and uh, oh, a whole host of interesting subject areas we delve into. A really great conversation today to share with you with Nellie Mackay. We have an EWSA titled Loose, and we have an excerpt from the masterpiece by Walt Whitman, Song of Myself, from his great book, Leaves of Grass. We have a poem called Hills of Chinchilla, and as is always the case, all of this will be imbued, infused, with the music of several great tunes. Let's get to it. It's so nice to have you with us. Episode 305 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Now's the time. Now is the time for all good men to get together with one another. Iron out their problems and iron out their quarrels and try to live as brothers. And try to find peace within without stepping on one another. And do respect for the women of the world. Just remember we all had mothers. Make this land a better land in the world in which we live. And help each man be a better man with the kindness that you give. And I know we can make it. I know that we can. I know done well. We can work it out. Oh, yes, we can. I know we can, can. Yes, we can, can. Why can't we? If we want to, yes, we can, can. I know we can make it work. I know that we can. I know we can make it if we try. Oh, yes, we can. I know we can, can. Yes, we can. Great gosh almighty. Yes, we can. I know we can. Can work it out. Oh, yes, we can. I know we can. Can yes, we can. 
can make it work. Oh, yeah, we can. I know we can make it if we try. Oh, yes, we can. I know we can. I often wonder about my influence in this life. This is normally followed by the sense that I am judging myself with a grandiose sense of purpose. Who am I, after all, in this grand scheme of things? And there I go yet again, posing this question as if I have become enlightened like few before me, or as if any of my contemporaries could possibly develop grow into an individual with the same sort of sage wisdom and humbleness. Sister Luce, a nun I once knew from the Immaculate Heart of Mary Order, who has since left the nunnery for, among other things, her love of a human man, once told me that I judge too much. I am certain Luce, meaning light in Spanish, had illuminated something quite accurate. I continue to judge, though I am more consciously aware of this propensity. I, as if it is of much significance, observe through my filters and biases and process what I am experiencing, what I am witnessing. I suppose this is the way of we humans. I think, therefore, I am compelled to respond. Of course, this is significant in the way it influences my behavior, also in the way it affects those who hold my existence as worthy of their consideration, maybe even tantamount to their understanding of life and the world. To you, beautiful people, I apologize for my ineptitude and want you to know that I love you and believe in who you are. My judgment of myself and of anyone else is steeped in self-interest and a cornucopia of human foibles. The limited trying to understand the unlimited, the infinite poured into a cup, might as well drink up. You're looking good. It 
It's so hot today. We should keep in touch. Oh, you better be going. It's a long, long way to your uncle's place. I got a job. It's just okay. And how's your dad? It's hard to say. I miss you all. It's been so long. And who can say? Hello, Nellie Mackay. Is that you? Yes, yes, Lawrence. How does this sound? It sounds wonderful. Oh, good. I hope it stays that way. <laughs> Let's hope. Um, it's great to have you on the program again. What a treat. And before we get started, I'd like to share a little background with the listeners, if you don't mind. No, no, of course. Okay, this is from the Kennedy Center webpage for the Renee Fleming Voices Concert Series coming up. Nellie Mackay. The always unpredictable singer-songwriter Nellie Mackay is impossible to categorize. She has won a Theater World Award for doing Brecht on Broadway with the Three Penny Opera, opened for Lou Reed at Carnegie Hall, sung Woody Allen movie songs at the Hollywood Bowl, performed on A Prairie Home Companion, created tributes to the likes of Doris Day and Joan Rivers, and taken part in the Kennedy Center's 2011 Swing, Swing, Swing celebration. Nellie has also released several wildly acclaimed recordings of original music. Her debut album was hailed by the New York Times as a, quote, tour de force from a sly, articulate musician who sounds comfortable in any era. Part cabaret, part sparkly pop, 
Her music is as tuneful and clever as the best of the great American songbook. But beneath the charming and melodic surface is a wit that cuts and a sharply tuned social conscience. Touring the content for the past year in support of her latest album, Sister Orchid, with a performance coming up at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, Troubadours and Rock on Tours is happy to have on the program once again, Nellie Mackay. Hey. How you doing, Lawrence? <laughs> oh, I'm doing all right, and... Uh, I uh, I wanted to get right in. I know you're busy. You have a, you have a lot of stuff going on. Taking a little break from the tour, but getting back on it in a week or so. And uh, I want to go with some influences, maybe in the in the early days of your. I mean, you're still relatively in the early days, I would suggest, of your career. Um, but early, early on, you hung out with a really cool cat named Bob Duro, jazz icon. What what did you learn from Bob Duro when you were coming up? Oh, yes. Uh, gee, just to have a good time, or at least to fake it really well. Yeah, he did have a good time a lot, didn't he? <laughs> I I think he genuinely found it. You know, I mean, he, he he always liked his beer, he always liked his fig bars. You know, he, he, he loved his piano. Um, taught me a few things, but, you know, like most, I think, great players, it's kind of hard to put into words how they play, you know, for other people. Yeah, and uh, you uh, are honoring him with one of his tunes on your latest album, Sister Orchid, right? Oh, Small Day Tomorrow. It's just, uh, he wrote that with Fran Landisman, and uh, that that's really a, uh, um, a, a a theme song. That's the... Um, that's the soundtrack <laughs> uh, to life, or life as it should be, because uh, all this ambition is—it's uh, eh, not where it's at. No, no. I always, you know, when when I think of my own ambition and and I see the ambition of the world, I often uh, go back to a, a line in um, the great American epic poem by Walt Whitman, "In Leaves of Grass." Yeah. There's that one line, you know, "Urge, urge, urge, procreant urge of the world." That says it for me. Wow. Yeah, that's good. What song is that from? It's oh, from, oh, I'm sorry. That's a poem. What yeah, poem is that from? It's from Leaves of Grass. Oh, uh, it is? Oh. Uh, and, and the poem itself is Song of Myself. Song of oh. Myself uh, is the poem it's in. I knew it was a song. Oh, great. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. So, whew. You're, you're, uh, we're talking about two greats, Bob DeRoe and Walt Whitman in the same breath. I don't know where, where do we go from here. Um, how about when, when you are interpreting a piece that has been done so already in, 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 uh, in the history of, of uh, I guess, the American songbook we're talking in, per, in particular, how, how do you approach that? You know, so many, you pick a piece and a lot of folks have done it and they've done it so well. How, how does that influence how you're going to do it if it does at all oh i think immediately stop listening to their versions <laughs> if you if you knew them at all um but um you know i guess i i guess you just try to uh be true and instinctual i mean when you mentioned bob and uh, walt whitman you know, i wonder how much bob read uh I, I I don't know I don't you know I don't know I just know you know he came out of Arkansas he came up through places like St Louis um, you know he was always very much into the music um, and uh, I I I don't know I mean because Bob had such a native poetry to him you know yes it's, it's funny that you know 
people can be connected in turns of phrase or outlook, uh, and and a lot of it doesn't come from book learning. No, yeah, maybe kindred spirits in a way. Oh yeah, yeah, for, and and probably all that education gets in the way. Most <laughs> of the time. Well, I mean, you're somewhat educated, right? Formally. I'm- I'm overeducated. Are you? I mean, it, and most of it is just of myself, and then you have to unlearn all these things you thought were helping you get someplace. Is is that is that sentiment? I guess connected to uh, a notion that too much formal education uh, takes us far from our instinctual, uh, I guess, selves, or and or. It sort of prepares us to be cogs in the already designed system. Is it something to that effect that you're, you're talking about? Yeah, well, a friend of mine says, you know, what do you remember about school? That it was boring, right? And how does that prepare us for the world? It does, because it prepares us for our boring job. And it, it, I think it prepares us for, I, and I'm not blaming a lot of teachers who I think, you know, try to fight that, but it's it's just the way it's set up and then you know with the testing and you know it's very regimented it teaches you hierarchy you can't just explore what you like there are certain subjects you have to follow it you know it's um it's uh, uh ah you have to fight it i i hear you i hear you and i i agree um i i'm involved with education myself and uh, but at you know post secondary where you can be more creative, thankfully. But I remember you know my years uh, in in middle school and high school. And again, as you said, I've had some great teachers, but the, the system that they have to abide by oftentimes, and I think it's worse now than when I was a child, uh, are so rigid. You know the checkpoints and the the standardized testing that uh, takes the actual thinking and communication opportunities out of the classroom. Oh gosh, yeah, and uh, and and letting people think for themselves, um, because cause from such an early age, uh, we stop. But that's not natural. We would continue if it wasn't kind of bludgeoned out of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so, well, we're going to talk about an institution for a second uh, in in our society uh, that you've been you've been invited to perform at, a very uh, respectable one at that, the Kennedy Center in, uh, in Washington. And, I mean, this is, this is somewhat, I, was, I would imagine, uh, uh, flattering, right? You were invited to sing as part of Renee Fleming's Voices concert series. Uh, wow. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's the thing. You know, you, you always use, it's, how can you not use what, especially when you you need it, <laughs> what the institutions give you, you know. So, you know, if you've had a byline at the New York Times, that goes in the uh, in the resume. You know, the Kennedy said these these things, these institutions that you uh, you know uh, that that do a lot of harm, but they are known. I you know you 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 kind of. I've been tossing the, the Kennedy Center around for a month now, you know, because <laughs> it makes you feel like, you know, uh, you're not completely on the skids. Right, like you've arrived or something, or you're, you're, you're legitimate. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, just like, look, see, Renee still uh, has faith. Right. Why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting how we, we gauge whether or not someone is, uh, I don't know, uh, legit or someone is, uh, uh, you should take uh, seriously. Um, and I guess we go by experts, quote unquote, and we figure if they say you're good, then you must be good. Uh, but there's a lot of room for interpretation, a bit of subjectivity um, there, too. A lot of great people in all areas of the world we never hear about. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, and it's becoming more, uh, um, uh, you know, globalized, but it it doesn't need to be. I mean, we really don't need to know about other places. I mean, we can travel, but... Um, it doesn't need. It's because of all the electronics that we're so hyper connected, and uh, uh, it it really takes you out of your own backyard. Um, and I, I understand there are reasons for that, but um, uh, we're I don't, we're hyper distracted. It's it's not good. No, I agree. I agree. And you're talking about our own backyard. Uh, and something else you, you mentioned uh, regarding the Kennedy Center reminds me a few, maybe a uh, month or two months back, we had uh, Delfio Marsalis on the on the show uh, of the you know famed Marsalis uh, jazz family out of New Orleans. And what a cool guy he is. I don't know if you've crossed paths with him yet, but I think if you two cross paths, you're going to have a nice conversation. He's a very, he's a very, very cool-minded individual. And we were talking about his brother Winton's struggles at the Lincoln Center, trying to keep jazz relevance in, in our culture, uh, but oftentimes not going to the communities uh, other than those that are of the elite because you need their money to keep the program going. And he's, and he's struggling with that because he wants to be able to go out to all communities where he'll find a lot of the great uh, you know, up-and-coming players, for one, and also just to share this beautiful creation of our society with uh, you know the masses, but it, it's hard to do that because you need money. Right, right. Yeah, no. I, it's it's so. I mean, when I look at jazz now, I think it's become so bougie, and um, so that's that's interesting to hear that, that he struggles with that because I, I didn't know that. It just seems so institutionalized and branded. You know, it's got advertising written all over it. You know, and uh, it's very slick. And I, I find it a little, um, well, it becomes safe, obviously, you know, if you want to make money off it. Um, oh, I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll check. How do you spell it? It's Althea? How do you spell Delfeo. it? Delfeo. It's a D-E-L-F-E-A-Y-O. D-E-L-F-E-A-Y-O. And then Marsalis. Uh, M A R S A. Oh yeah, you know that. You <laughs> no, know that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, neat. I'll check him out. Yeah, he's cool. Um, now, talking about someone who's kind of, you know, uh, slick, I would say, and who's probably the antithesis of the bourgeois, I, I suppose. Although I don't know him really, I'm just speculating. David Byrne. You and I have talked before. You've done some work with David Byrne, uh, one of the greats of our time. Um, and you know something about his his uh, normal attire while riding bicycle. What, what do you? What can you tell us about what he usually wears when he's riding bicycle? <laughs> I believe he usually wears on and off a bike, white, which is just nuts. You know, New York is a dirty city. He I, I, he just he must have a lot of clothes. 
<laughs> and he doesn't get dirty, you say? No, well, I mean, he 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 does. He, he, he to me, he's the wizard, and um, so maybe he does have magic powers. <laughs> he may. Yeah. I I know. I I remember he had an interview show a while back, and he had an, an odd style of interviewing. He was really quiet, almost. He didn't really say much. Did you find him to be that way when you worked with him? Oh yes, it's unnerving. <laughs> it's unnerving because if someone's listening that well, who knows what they might find out. <laughs> That's what it is. He's just sucking it all in. He's taking it all in. Well, yes. I mean, it, you know, uh, you know. You also think, well, you know, he's going to steal my ideas. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, um, I'm going to play a song that you guys worked on t- uh, I, uh, together in the show, and um, uh, I don't know. It's a song that he wrote, and uh, you, you also had him on one of your albums, didn't you? Uh, oh yes. Um, wait, was he ever on an album? Or maybe not an album. Gee, what do, what do we do together? Um, uh, I think he's mostly come to shows. Oh, God, I would love for him to be on an album. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe So you guys just perform live together uh, at one of your shows. I got it. I think we just performed for his album. You know, I'm kidding. Gee, I should know this. Uh, I, but I think he's just come to a lot of shows. Sometimes he even bought his own ticket, which is very sweet. Very sweet. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are are you uh, as you go across the continent? Are you coming across a lot of really compelling uh, artists, musicians, and su- and such? Well, there are a lot of, of great people, you know, um, in 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 far flung parts. You know, um, it, it, when people say about New York, you know, if if you can make it there, you'll make it anywhere. What they mean by make it, you know. It's 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 a rather facile, you know. Um, it's uh it's 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 obviously it's insanely expensive to live on, live in, and it requires uh, generally a kind of careerism, which means you have to insinuate yourself with wealth and power, pretty much by definition, um, and you have to lie then, at least by omission. Um, uh, you know, if you, if, if you think certain things that they wouldn't like. So, uh, you know, I, I think the kind of small town life, um, and, and the kind of boredom that can result, um, can be very useful, uh, to people making things. When, when you're not on a tour, where do you reside generally? Pennsylvania, but um, you know my dog loves to travel, and this time of year it sure is nice to go down south. Yeah, you're talking yeah, about any, Bessie. Any, yeah, anywhere down south, it doesn't have to be you know uh, the tropics, just like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about basically in northeastern Pennsylvania, I think, right? Is where you reside. Well, well, right. I mean, even by the time you get to Philly, the snow starts, you know, starts disappearing from the hoods. So. Uh, you know, but if it's 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 nice to uh, to explore. It's nice all the out of the way spots and to find the old weird America. Um, and and again, that that can be quite uh, quiet. You know, you have to you have to seek it out and uh, and be still with it. I agree. 
I agree. And sometimes, uh, does it concern you? It does me that we end up just recreating through a, a, some, some sort of formula one little haven or town after another. You know, they all might have the same uh, big box stores and the, the same um, sort of uh, general multi municipal building designs and what have you. And, and thus, you know, the individuality that you're speaking of, the weirdness, so to speak, is lost. Do you, do you think that, are you concerned that that might be happening here? Yeah, I hope some soldier all know. I mean, you still tend to find uh, a fair amount, considering of out of the way places. Considering we're all so homogenized, and uh, and you know the the chains. I think people like them because they seem anonymous, even though they're not, because they got surveillance and we're being monitored all the time. But uh, it seems like you know you can go to a place like that and you can buy whatever you like and no one will comment on it, and no one will remember your name or your face. And I think that's partly why people like them. Um, whereas in a in a small store, it's more like a small town, they know you. And, <laughs> you know, maybe a lot of people have an urge uh, not to be known or recognized. And then, of course, there's just the idea that you go to a, a Walmart and everything's there. I mean, my mom talks about how she likes the idea. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to keep driving or walking and going in and out, you know, it's all in one place and it's cheap, you know. Yeah, that's a big part of it I think for most folks. It's cheap. Um and though sometimes it's your only alternative, especially in a smaller area because it puts out the the mom and pop stores, then you have no choice but to go well, to the Walmart. And it's open later than the mom and pops probably ever were. True. Know. True. You are listening to Troubadours and Rockon Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, let's get to this Nellie Mackay on the program, Troubadours and Rockon Tours. So nice to have you with us. Um, how would you say we are doing in the U.S. as, you know, as a country right now? <laughs> well, I mean, you know... I mean, the country was founded on genocide, you know, I mean, and it was, you know, built through slavery and, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's always been a bad place. So we're all so aberrated. I mean, where do you begin? I, I think you have to see through it, though. I mean, you can't just keep buying into the same system if we just put a new leader on the same system it'll be better uh what's better you know better for who and and where is it all ultimately leading i mean if you need a revolution you also need a, a revolution in in how we see uh how we are set up and and a lot of the problem is the the the, the messiah complex we i think we tend to have it as a species i think it's again we have this is aberrated human brain um, on a on an animal's instincts. So where chimpanzees would live in a family that has a slight hierarchy, you know, but is a group of what twenty maybe tops. Um, you know, we have nation states of you know two hundred million with one supreme leader, and it's all complete. That's completely messed up. Why are we even buying into that? You know, and so 
I mean, right now I think as much as we can become localized and independent of the corporations and the government and just start now, you know, just um, taking care of ourselves and each other, that's the best way to go. And try not to get too involved in the horse race. I mean, as as you know, the, the 2020 election is already starting, and I just I just don't want I it, it's 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 a manipulation of our mind. Politics is a narcotic, and I have been a pretty bad addict that way. I think some of us are more um, susceptible to it, and uh, I I just the first step is realizing you have a problem. <laughs> we need more than the great man or woman theory of history, you know, and uh, it, it, there's a lot we can do for the country and the world just here at home, in your own backyard. I agree. Well put. Well put. Now, of course, Sister Orchid speaks to all this, right? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it does. You know, it says, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a, an essential word of rebellion is no. And and it's about people who reject that that uh, you know the the it's called the rat race, but that's offensive to rats because <laughs> rats are very sweet, <laughs> sensitive animals with uh, with with extremely generous and uh, loving social relations. They're much better than us. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, they got a bad rap from the bubonic plague, I think. Uh, uh, but Sister Orchid then is right. is is totally in line with uh, the, the revolution we speak of. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's um, it's just uh, uh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of my my mind is holding on to bubonic plague and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then Monty Python. Of jumps up, I'm sorry. The mind, uh, the mind jumps. But yes, I mean it's just, uh, um, uh, yeah. We 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 gotta get off the wheel and get off the grid. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I, I agree and I hear you. It's it's difficult though. It's certainly difficult. And um, I, you know, I guess that that really is helping me understand how you might answer the next question here. Because uh, I think you kind of answered it already, but I'll give you, I guess, more room to expound. Do you still believe then our political system can effectively address the challenges we face? No, I don't. <laughs> I think it's the system itself is just—I mean, representative government. So you, we don't even vote directly for people, right? There's usually, you know, I mean, say in a presidential, you know, there's a. Uh, um, it's the electoral college, you know, or in the primaries, there's the super delegates, right? And then, and then we're voting for someone we hope does what we want some of the time, and we already know that's not going to happen because we already there's already something that we don't agree. I mean, it's insane, and you shouldn't you shouldn't vote, you, you know. And it's it's personality, you know. Uh, you're you're. I mean, so much is about uh, image and rhetoric and a feeling you get, sort of a nebulous feeling. That's not what, you know, it, it should be about the thing itself, and uh, and it should be much more uh, direct. It's just, um, I, no, I don't see, oh, within the current system. 
so, think you have to accept that there isn't, and 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 that can be depressing, but it's also exhilarating because then you look at you know what you can do. Well, you know, I see you're a person in your thirties, and you have uh, uh, many years ahead of you. And with that mentality, how do you continue without being utterly depressed? I mean. You mentioned you could see all the possibilities, but you know, you're a very, very bright individual, how difficult it is to change this entrenched political system and the entrenched culture that we live in. So, I mean, how do you not get utterly depressed when you look at what needs to be done for things to be better? Well, I, you know, I, I, it, 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 I think you have to get past your own ego, which, of course, uh, you know, I, I'm not, but um, it's... You know, it's it's, and for me, just personally, my problem is I'm antisocial, so it's very hard to be an organizer. But I fight that, you know. And an organizer doesn't mean you're top dog or anything. It just means, you know, uh, you know, if somebody needs food, you know, you help them. If someone's in danger of losing their house or apartment, you know, you you help out. Uh, you know, if 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 we want to build planters for the trees because the dog Nelly is bad for the trees, particularly female dog urine is the most toxic, and my dog's a female, so I feel guilty about this. So, you know, uh, oh, well, we, we work together, you know, um, uh, and, and, and so that can, you can be stymied in that. I mean, just to talk about something very local and rather prosaic like that, but, you know, if you try to buy recycled lumber, that's, that's expensive, man, you know? And then, so then I, I looked into a program uh, where you could fund community projects. Um, and I actually made the mistake of printing out the application because I thought this would be fairly easy. It's just, oh, forget it. The hoops you got to go through to get any kind of funding, whether it's from a, a, a government or a private organization. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> they say committee is the death of poetry, you know, mm-hmm. um, or workshop. I think that was a workshop. Um, but it, you know, it, it's, it's also, it's just, uh, oh, what, what am I saying? It's, it's, uh, it's any kind of bureaucracy. It's a grants, the grant system. Oh, forget it. I'd rather be a plumber. If I need a grant in order to write music, it, it, please let me just go into a trade because, uh, ugh, God, and so, uh, so anyway, it's just you, you. One does get stymied at every turn. I mean, for instance, this is kind of coming up for me. I, I want to buy some more l- lumber, and luckily I have a reprieve till the spring, because to build it in winter, you're just going to get the the wood is going to dry. Right. It's going to you know to crack and 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 whatnot. So, um, but but you know, I'm just looking at that as an expense that really it, it shouldn't be a res- an expense. And recycle lumber. Why is it so much? That must be some kind of bourgeois thing, that like the yuppies like to recycle lumber or something. <laughs> Why does it cost so much? They get it for free, anyway. But I'm saying is, you know, this kind of thing that can be helpful um, is um, difficult. Uh, yeah, well, right. It, it can be. It can be difficult, but it can also be really interesting. Ah. It can take up all your time that you might otherwise spend online, or you know, or thinking about national politics which is largely a horse race, uh, no offense to horses, they didn't invent those races, and, and, and you know, and it's this, it's this constant, um, it, it's this false excitement created in you 
uh, and it really, it's it's just, uh, I mean, I, I, it's exciting to look at old movies. It's exciting to to take a walk with your dog, and I have to train myself for that because it's it, it's for so long it's felt so boring. But you know, I do try to pretend I'm Rachel Carson. And uh, and nature is really interesting to me, <laughs> which you know I'm not really a botanist, but I if you really try, I mean everything is is uh, interesting in the end. Well put, you you really navigated that question, which was sort of uh, vague and difficult to answer in a wonderful way. I love I love the way uh, you responded. Thank you, Nellie Mackay, and uh, you know we're already just about out of time believe it or not this happens uh every time we speak it's fascinating and um hopefully we can do it again i'd like to just uh i guess give you a, an opportunity to to share any last minute sort of revelations or uh, little insights that you would like to throw out into the ether oh I, gee no i mean i I guess I'll just, you know, point out that, uh, I think I probably said it again, but that animal agriculture, you know, is, um, is uh, you know, the number one cause of climate change, not uh, just because their emissions are more than um, all global transport combined, but uh, because of uh, the deforestation and the creation of ocean dead zones, um, which eliminates the biomass that is needed to absorb carbon. So, you know, uh, we have this skyrocketing uh, climate change and uh, global weirding, which is why you have the extremes of weather and, uh, and, and perilous, dangerous weather, um, because we're, we're taking away that centuries uh, worth of undergrowth and, and biomass that absorbs the carbon from the atmosphere. So it's not just that we're pumping so much in, it's that we're taking away the means to uh, to to take it back out, and um, uh, that's just that's so essential, and it's pretty much ignored by the environmental movement and by the um, uh, the, the political movement. I mean, even the Green Party um, it will mention animal agriculture, but not to the extent it should be. So, you know, if if, if people listening can move to a plant-based diet, again, it's it's more systemic than personal, but the personal counts. Um, you know, as they say, it, it's it's better to eat a salad and a Hummer than a burger and a Prius. I'm not <laughs> encouraging anyone to get a Hummer, but uh, you know, it, it, it a lot of change can happen just on your plate. And it's of course it's better for the animals and the people in that industry who have rotten lives, and the animals are the most uh, miserable on, of the of the planet. I mean, just lives of torture. That's a way to end a show, eh? I love it. I, I, I thank you again, Nellie Mackay. Thank you for being on Troubadours and Rock on Tours and break a leg at the Kennedy Center and on the rest of your tour, and I look forward to uh, talking with you again. Oh, thanks, Lawrence, and you. Talk to you. Bye. got a small day tomorrow, small day tomorrow. I don't have to use my head. I got a small day 
Song of Myself from the great American poet Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, an excerpt. I celebrate myself and sing myself, and what I assume you shall assume, for every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul, I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. My tongue, every atom of my blood, formed from this soil, this air, born here of parents, born here from parents the same, and their parents the same. I, now 37 years old, in perfect health, begin, hoping to cease not till death. Creeds and schools in abeyance, 
retiring back a while sufficed at what they are, but never forgotten. I harbor for good or bad. I permit to speak at every hazard. Nature without check with original energy. Houses and rooms are full of perfumes. The shelves are crowded with perfumes. I breathe the fragrance myself and know it and like it. The distillation would intoxicate me also, but I shall not let it. The atmosphere is not a perfume. It has no taste of the distillation. It is odorless. It is for my mouth forever, and I am in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undisguised and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. The smoke of my own breath echoes, ripples, buzzed whispers, love root, silk thread, crotch and vine. My respiration and inspiration, the beating of my heart, the passing of blood and air through my lungs. The sniff of green leaves and dry leaves, and of the shore and dark-colored sea rocks, and of hay in the barn. The sound of the belched words of my voice, loosed to the eddies of the wind. A few light kisses, a few embraces, a reaching around of arms. The play of shine and shade on the trees as the supple boughs wag. The delight alone or in the rush of the streets or along the fields and hillsides. The feeling of health, the full noon trill, the song of me rising from bed and meeting the sun. Have you reckoned a thousand acres much? Have you reckoned the earth much? Have you practiced so long to learn to read? Have you felt so proud to get at the meaning of poems? Stop this day and night with me, and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and the sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters and books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself. I have heard what the talkers were talking, the talk of the beginning and the end, but I do not talk of the beginning or the end. There was never any more inception than there is now, nor any more youth or age than there is now, and will never be any more perfection than there is now, nor any more heaven or hell than there is now. Urge and urge and urge, always the procreant urge of the world. Out of the dimness, opposite equals advance. Always substance and increase, always sex, always a knit of identity, always distinction, always a breed of life. To elaborate is no avail. Learned and unlearned feel that it is so. Sure as the most certain sure, Plumb in the uprights, well entreated, braced in the beams, stout as a horse, affectionate, haughty, electrical. I and this mystery, here we stand, clear and sweet in my soul, and clear and sweet is all that is not my soul. Lack one, lacks both, and the unseen is proved by the seen, till that becomes unseen and receives proof in its turn. 
showing the best and dividing it from the worst, age vexes age, knowing the perfect fitness and equanimity of things. While they discuss, I am silent, and go bathe and admire myself. Welcome is every organ and attribute of me, and of any man hearty and clean. Not an inch nor a particle of an inch is vile, and none shall be less familiar than the rest. I am satisfied, I see, dance, laugh, sing, as the hugging and loving bedfellow sleeps at my side through the night, and withdraws at the peep of the day with stealthy tread, leaving me baskets covered with white towels, swelling the house with their plenty. Shall I postpone my acceptation and realization and scream at my eyes, that they turn from gazing after and down the road, and forthwith cipher and show me to assent exactly the value of one and exactly the value of two, and which is ahead? Hills of Chinchilla. The air was so cold that it pained me to inhale through these nostrils as I walked down Vine Street past the public library. I looked up from the ice and salt-covered sidewalk to see from the corner of my eye the sun rising up behind the hills of Chinchilla. 
It's not the pale moon that excites me that thrills and delights me. Oh no, it's just the nearness of you. It isn't your sweet conversation that brings this sensation. Oh no, it's just the nearness of you. When I'm in your And I feel you so close to me. All my wildest dreams come true. I need no soft lights to enchant me. If you. Grant me the right to hold you ever so tight, and to feel in the night the nearness of you. There you have it, episode 305 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, composer, singer, activist, and all around great person, Nellie Mackay. I'd like to thank the wonderful American poet Walt Whitman and these musical artists. Stefan Grappelli, Django Reinhardt, Alan Toussaint, Fatboy Slim and David Byrne, Nellie Mackay, Thelonious Monk, and of course Branford Marsalis and Terence Blanchard too. Until next week, let's give it a go and try to enjoy this one. Thank you so much for listening. Drop us a line, why don't you? EWConundrum at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org Take care. <laughs>